We head to the Stanley Fencing and Gates hotline as we get to say hello to Gerald Hodges, SEC replay official, as he joins us for the remainder of the show. His appearance brought to you by A.G. Hines Company, providing building materials since anyone can remember. Gerald, how are you? Doing fine. And it's a human on the other line I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, that's right. And just think how many times we have to we have to check these days that say yes indeed I am not a robot. <laughs> yeah, you have to click the box. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh anyhow, Gerald, always appreciate your time. How was your weekend? Uh a good weekend. Actually a good weekend. Very nice. The weather was nice, uh few glitches on some flights, but we made it. <laughs> Gerald, I do want to revisit with you that we were just talking about that Mississippi State-Memphis game. So uh, you had an official that did uh, start to signal that the ball was dead. Uh, When you do that, is the process that you're blowing your whistle at the same time that you do that? That is normally, yes. That's normally the procedure is when you give a signal, you blow the whistle at the same time. Uh, because maybe everybody's not looking at the signal. Of course, they're looking at blockers or the ball or whatever. And then it should go simultaneous to signal and the whistle. Now, if I remember the statement from the SEC correctly, uh, that uh, that could have been reviewed by the replay official. Is that correct? That is a yes. That's a reviewable a reviewable play in several different ways. Uh, it was a scoring play, so. Uh, the replay can review all scoring plays, all turnovers, change of possessions. Uh, you know, anywhere, anytime there's a change of possession, however, interception, fumble, whatever. Now, an official throwing a beanbag has absolutely nothing to do with stopping play because a beanbag is typically thrown when there is a change of possession. Punt return, interception return, whatever. Isn't that correct? That is. The beanbag, Jimmy, is to mark the spot of whatever, spot of the fumble uh, on a run back. Uh, it's the spot where the kick ends, which is a very important spot because if you have foul, depending on which team the foul was on, uh, then uh, you go to that spot, you know, if it's behind that spot or at that spot. So, that's a very important spot. And also the spot of a fumble, say if you have roughing the passer and uh, the receiver catches the ball and runs ever how many yards and hit and fumbles, then it the penalty is tacked on to where that run ends. And it's and believe it or not, if, if a teammate picks it up and runs further and fumbles, it's it's penalized from the spot of the last run. So uh, roughing the passer is a pretty pretty major penalty, especially on a completion. Now, also in regard to downing a ball, uh, and I thought it was pretty close as to whether the player from Mississippi State had downed it, but if you have your hand on the ball and walk away and the ball is not moving, that would be considered down, wouldn't it? Typically, uh, you know, typically a ball at rest or nearly at rest and touched, not just touch, because say he moves it, you know, I didn't see exactly how that thing went down, but basically if it's if it's on the ground and at rest and, and you kind of touch it and pin it, that typically would, would consider to be, you know, down in the bottom. Okay. 
If you have a question or comment for Gerald, 656-9900-656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Let's check in with Eric. Hello, Eric. Hey, guys. I also had a question about the Mississippi State game. There was also two number fours on the field at the same time. Is that reviewable also? Yes, uh, it is. And believe me, Eric, that is one of the hardest things to catch on a football field. It really is. Right. Uh, because you can have a lineman, say, at number four. You can have a safety at number four. Uh, on offense, you can have a tackle, at, you know, on punts especially because there are numbering exceptions. And you have different officials on the field looking at different positions on the field. So typically a, a, an official that is key is the wideout or a gunner on the punt. Yeah, that's his key. And, of course, the interior linemen are basically the center judges and the umpires. And especially on punt, you, you can have any combination of numbers because you don't have to have 5 through 79 on the right scrimmage. It's called an exception to the numbering rule on punt. So... The, and typically, in most cases, uh, and that's this is one that's been debated back and forth. Typically, no one really gains an advantage, uh, especially on punt play or something like that. Uh, and so, there's a lot of discussion about one just eliminating du- duplicate numbers um, when they assign numbers. You've got one through actually you got zero now, so you have zero through ninety nine. And that's a hundred players, you know. And yeah. uh, but in today's world, you know, a lot of the recruits, heavily recruited recruits, mm-hmm. insist on wearing a certain number. And so, you know, they they kind of relent to that. You just have to be careful. And we actually go over that in the replay booth. Just looking, there's several other reasons we look. There, there are different numbers especially if you have an unsportsmanlike or an ejection of some sort, you know, we need to know the name of that player and what position. And typically, they, they have one on offense and one on defense. But when you do have special team plays, that's when it could happen. It is unbelievably hard to distinguish that. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Eric, yes, sir. Thank you. Joe, what's the penalty for having duplicate numbers on the field at the same time? Well, it's not enough. It's five yards from the previous spot, uh, you know, so and replay the down. So, uh, but, you know, there again, it all, it, when it rears its ugly head, it's usually a major deal. So, so, so uh, Mississippi State could have accepted the penalty on Memphis and then repunted. Right, repunted, or I don't know what the down and distance was. It uh, could have yeah. resulted in a first down. Yeah, yeah. I don't so, either. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, they have the option, of course, to go to the previous spot, and you know, and then re-kick it. So yeah, it's um, it's interesting, and it, and it happens. You know, there again, you see it sometime later. You know, during the week, somebody oh, we had number twos on there, and uh, so, but you know, and like. Like I said, typically it's not a major deal. Nobody really gains an advantage, but it'd just be simpler either to clean it up and just say don't issue duplicate numbers or just, you know, take it out of the foul category, make it a warning or something, you yeah. know. So. Tennessee had uh, duplicate numbers uh, on a punt return against uh, Tennessee Tech. It was not detected. 
I think, like you said, it's hard to see that, but they had duplicate numbers on a particular punt return. So, Well, did that help Tennessee score 56 points? Yes, it did. <laughs> I think it would have been 49-nothing if not for <laughs> – no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a call from Steve. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Steve. Hello. Uh, I was, just had a question about the uh, – I watched the Mississippi State Memphis game, and there was a uh, review of an onside kick. It looked like the review was to see if the ball had gone ten yards, and the ball actually looked like it did go ten yards. But when they reviewed the play, there was a, they saw an illegal block on a Mississippi State player. Mississippi State was the one that kicked the onside kick and they uh, called a penalty on the illegal block and never made a comment on whether the ball had gone 10 yards. And the commentators said that they thought it had gone 10 yards. And they I don't know, if it is it legal for an official to call a penalty on a review after the fact when they're reviewing if the yeah. ball had gone 10 yards? Good question. Yes, Steve, the way the replay rule reads, watch – the replay official gets into a play, he has to review every aspect of the play. You know, so it, one, did it go 10 yards? And remember, the kicking team cannot block the receiving team before the ball either goes 10 yards or it's touched by the receiver. Uh, so, in other words, they can't block until they're eligible to recover the ball, which that either it either goes 10 yards or touched by the receiver. So they have to look at all those aspects. And once we get into it, uh, you have to look at all the, and that's the same thing on any, you know, any turnover. Uh, you know, you may look at a punt return to see if a runner going down the sideline stepped out of bounds. And in the meantime, when he's running down the sideline, you say, uh-oh, there's a blindside block. Well, then that, that's another one that we actually mm. can call create from the replay. Okay. Thank you. Yes, sir. Sure do appreciate it, Steve. Thank you. Our guest, SEC replay official Gerald Hodges. His appearance brought to you by A.G. Hines Company, providing building materials since anyone can remember. And why don't we go ahead and get back to the phones? And it's John who joins us next. Hello, John. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening, gentlemen. I always enjoy Mr. Hodges being on the show. I had a question about the lost down situation at Penn State. And actually, it was about, in that same series, a play that led to the confusion for the lost down. Earlier in the series, first down, uh, Penn State was charged with a intentional grounding. And the play was the Penn State quarterback dropped back was not under any pressure at all. He threw about a 40-yard uh, pass down the, the, the right hash mark. And what happened is his receiver obviously broke off the play, so they were on the wrong page. And the ball landed about 20 yards beyond everybody, and the, the call was made for intentional grounding. And so a couple of things. First of all, is that reviewable? I don't think it is. And second of all, can there be intentional grounding if the quarterback is under no pressure at all? He's not scrambling. He's, he, he's under no pressure. And after he threw the ball, the Auburn player, no one laid a hand on him. And I thought that was a, 
an interesting intentional grounding call. And, of course, that was a loss of down, and that led to the confusion later in the series on uh, the down situation. Sure. Okay. We'll start with the intentional grounding. Uh, the, uh, the what Strictly the, the way the rule reads is if you throw the ball uh, into an area where there is no eligible receiver, and that could be up to and including hitting an offensive lineman. That used to be offensive pass interference, illegal touching. It's really nothing anymore. But to to be able to throw the ball into an area where there is no eligible receiver, you have to be outside the tackle box. Now, I don't know where that was, but that's the rule. So no, he was there not, are, no, he was not out, yeah, he was not outside the tackle okay. box. He was in the pocket. Okay. All right. By strictly the rule. Uh, you have to be either outside the tackle box, plus the ball has to go past the line of scrimmage, which obviously that did not feel. Uh, right. And there's some there's some leeway, I guess, if you if the officials absolutely sure that you know they run the wrong route, which that can happen. But the, by the letter of the rule, to throw it like that anywhere where there's no player, you have to be outside the tackle box. Do you have to be under so, duress? Uh, no, not necessarily. No. Okay. But, uh, you know, you can you can chuck it up in stands if you get out there, and you'll see that a lot, especially in the pros. You know, if they see the coverage just got everybody blank, they'll run out and just heave it up in the first row. But uh, that's, that's pretty much the way it is. But the other thing is, not, well, I'd almost say 100% of the time, if, if there is a mistake in the down count, it always involves a loss of down foul uh, because that kind of upsets everything. Sometimes, a lot of times, though, when you have a loss of down foul and they lose a down, they end up giving the team five, as in Colorado, Missouri, back several years ago. They got five. Oh, yeah, that that famous play, yeah. <laughs> well, see, Gerald, so, what, what didn't make but, any sense to me was this was a loss of down, and they still only gave them three. So, I know, yeah. That's so, usually if it's that's loss it. of down and you screw it up, you get five downs, not three. So, it was almost yeah. they got penalized two downs. That's correct. Evidently, that's what, what yeah. happened. But uh, that's, yeah. that's when that, that happened. So, uh, and that, and that you know, intentional grounding is not, is not reviewable. I'm sorry? Is intentional grounding reviewable? No, intentional grounding is not reviewable, uh, but the downs are reviewable. Uh, In the replay manual, uh, the replay official can review the down count, uh, and it says, actually it says, especially if it involves a loss of down penalty, uh, they can review that up until the ball is snapped for the next series. So, uh, but that is a reviewable play in the manual. All right. Well, very good. Thank you very much for that explanation. John, have a great night. Thank you. And, and Gerald, uh, James Franklin was arguing like heck on that play. And how they didn't review that and correct that, it mystifies me because he he was pointing it out, and that should have been reviewed. I I think the SEC sent out a statement later acknowledging there was – an error. Let's go next. Uh, if, go ahead. If, 
Yeah, probably. All right, let's go to John. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, John. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. You? Uh, Good, good. Uh, Two things real quick. The first, you might have already addressed this, but I chimed in a little bit late. How... Um, in the in the Titans game, how was how was it not a safety on Russell Wilson when he threw that ball from the end zone? That's what I thought. They call forward progress, and I'm calling bunk. Where it, yeah, he yeah. was in the end zone. Yeah. Well, when he I think when he first when there was first contact, you could argue he might have been on the foot line, but he spun around to get out of the tackle. Now there is no way in the world there was forward progress stopped. That there is no way. That's not even close. But that's what they no, ruled, and I'm I'm with you. I thought it was a safety. I I, I really thought they missed that call. Yeah, and I guess my question was: I saw a bunch Saturday. A lot of uh, well, I know Joe. This is a joke, but I know Joe Milton wasn't playing. But there was a lot of overthrows in a lot of college games, and a couple of them they still called pass interference. I guess my question is: at what point does the ref say that ball is uncatchable? Or does it depend on the contact? Gerald? Basically, okay, basically on the, an uncatchable ball, uh, that, is, that's, that is purely a judgment call by the covering officials. Uh, they do from time to time get help uh, from their other officials downfield. Of course, typically it's on a long pass to cover uh, uncatchable. Uh, their kind of guidelines is pretty much on the sideline pass. If the ball hits in the white, and you know, literally with the athletes today, they they could jump. I mean, just crazy. If it hits in the white, there's a good chance. That, and the way the rule reads, reads if there's any doubt, then the ball is catchable. So, uh, you know, pass down the sidelines, it hits in the white. And if there's contact or, you know, basically interference there, then that's probably a good chance it will be called if it hits behind the bench or something like that. And sometimes the official will be concentrating on the two players, the defensive back and the receiver, and it, the ball may be high. And the procedure in that is for one of the other covering officials to come to him and say, hey, that ball is uncatchable. And you'll see that. You'll see him pick a flag up that it's uncatchable. But they are also cautious when you go tell that other official to pick his flag up, you better be daggone sure it's uncatchable. So, but that's, that's yeah. the rule okay. on it. All right. So, Thank you, guys. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. John, sure to appreciate the call. And as you, uh, Gerald, you think about a scenario where you have a quarterback that is dropping back into the end zone, um, what normally has to happen for him to get the benefit of the doubt as opposed to marking progress halted at a specific point as opposed to maybe the momentum of the play carrying him into the end zone or uh, perhaps being pushed back into the end zone or spinning out of a tackle as jimmy described yeah that and that is tough and also that just for information that a forward progress spot is not reviewable so uh but it's, it's a judgment but if he's going forward, trying to gain yardage, and then literally is pushed back, then he's going to get forward progress. But if he runs up and, like you said, maybe spins out of a tackle or runs sideways, uh, then, you know, it's doubtful that, you know, he'll get forward progress unless he gets back out again. 
So, but there again, all all plays around the goal line, whether they're coming in or going out, are magnified. Obviously, because that's that's the whole point of the game is the goal line. Time getting away from us, but we do have time for one quick call, and that is from Mac. Hello, Mac. Hey, how you guys doing today? Doing well. Hope you are. Just a quick question, Gerald. Is the fair catch free kick rule still in the rule book, and have you ever seen it implemented? I have seen it. It is not in the rule. You talk about uh, line up and kick a field goal after a fair catch? Yes. That, that is out of the rule book. It was at one time. Uh, I have never seen it. I understand back when it was in the rule, Ken Sparks at Carson Newman actually did that and kicked the field goal off because he was up on the roof. <laughs> okay. Good deal. Thank you so much. It, it is a rule in the yes, NFL. Sir. You can do it in the NFL, and in certain high school federations, you can do it as well. There are certain high schools okay. that do approve that. Yeah. So. Don't don't confuse me, Jimmy. I have enough trouble on Saturday. <laughs> I was trying to confuse Mac, not you. Yeah, <laughs> I think I know the Mac that was too. I used to referee with. Him, oh, so okay. He's a good. Okay. Uh, but one the, quick thing, if you got a second, yeah. Uh, anybody that wants to get into any type of officiating, just just for some numbers, uh, uh, the game I had this week had 186 plays. You have eight officials. So that's fourteen hundred and eighty-eight decisions uh, in in the game. That's average of fifty-two decisions per minute that they have to watch. And the replay official gets to watch all those plus they count the players every play. So just something to think about. There's a lot going on on that field and they're not all stationary. Yeah, just a bit. We have less than a minute, Gerald, but uh, I saw in the Alabama-Florida game, well, I'm not supposed to mention the game, I guess, there was an attempted fair catch on a kickoff in the end zone by a player who bobbled it and rolled out of bounds on the one-yard line. They gave the team the ball on the one. On a fair catch situation on the kickoff, you have to actually catch the ball before the you get the ball on the 25, correct? That's correct. And also, Jimmy, really quick, if one player signals for a fair catch and muffs the ball and another one catches it you know, or recovers it, they, they get it where the recovery is. It has to yeah. be a, a completed fair catch to get it back on the 25. That's exactly right. All right. Gerald, we always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Safe travels, and we'll talk to you next Monday. That sounds great. Good to talk to you guys. All right, thank you. SEC replay official Gerald Hodges joining us on the Stanley Fencing and Gates Hotline. His appearance brought to you by A.G. Hines Company, providing building materials since anyone can remember.